Rabies, the closest thing we have to an actual zombie virus. An extraordinarily successful vaccination campaign in the United States has made rabies a thankfully rare occurrence, but it's still responsible for 50,000 deaths worldwide each year. But make no mistake, rabies is still around us. As two recent deaths in the news have shown us, there's little room for error if you are exposed. That's today on What the Woo. Hi, I'm Dr. V. And I'm Dr. A, two doctors on a mission to answer your burning questions about burning sensations and all things science. This is What the Woo. It starts with an inconsequential scratch from a bat you're chasing out of your backyard. You don't even see any blood. You wash it with soap and water to be safe and promptly forget it ever happened. As the virus begins to infiltrate the nerves around the bite site, your hand starts to tingle, but you blame it on arthritis. As the virus works its way to your central nervous system, you blame your fatigue and nausea on the flu. You're filled with anxiety, and you don't know why. You don't realize it yet, but you are already past saving. As rabies reaches its final stages, you develop an unexplainable fear of water, choking when you try to swallow. As the virus prepares for transmission, saliva builds in your mouth and you start to drool. You're agitated, confused. Your frightened family takes you to the hospital, but it's too late. As you slip into a coma, you don't even remember that tiny encounter with the bat who set this all into motion. The newscaster covering your death reminds those watching that if you had gone to the ER the day of the scratch, you'd still be alive. So we had an awesome discussion last week about how women just get blown off so often and aren't, yes. like their needs aren't getting met, right? right. Yes. Yeah. So I got to thinking because I read a few articles recently about uh, that woman that died of rabies. Did you hear about that? Yeah. The one who was in India for a retreat. Yeah. Yeah. That was, <laughs> that was really sad. Yeah. It's tragic. I think... You know, there's all these spots where it, like, went wrong. Well, and that's the thing. I think people automatically wanted to jump and blame the doctors for saying, well, you guys missed something really, really obvious. And, I I mean, there was a point at which, you know, once she started not being able to swallow water and biting people, then yes, definitely. (laughs) Clearly, that's not normal. But it took them a long time to volunteer the information that she had been in India in the past month, which is... Important. Very important. Yeah, and I think, you know, we were talking about this recently with another friend we have who's also in the healthcare field, you know, and and it's really easy to kind of jump to that conclusion of like, why did the doctors miss this? What the fuck? They said she's got panic and anxiety. Like, how did they miss this? And I don't know. I, I was thinking there's a lot of ways they missed it. You know, number one, we're not taught about rabies a ton in med school. I mean, certainly we learn like the basics, but we're never taught like be on the lookout for this thing because it's not here that often, right? Well, well, now they're not. If you had talked to a doctor who'd been educated before the 1960s, they would be all over it. Right. Yeah, and you can thank your public health veterinarians for that, people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? And that's what's interesting is because I think that, you know, you as a veterinarian know 
infinitely more about rabies than I do as a physician, a human physician who, you know, I'm supposed to be treating these people and diagnosing and all those things. So, I mean, there's only about, I think, one to three people a year in the United States who die from rabies. So, you know, it's not going to be high on your radar. Totally understandable. But when you look worldwide, 50,000 people a year die. And mostly, like over half of them, I think, are children because the, the natural reservoir for rabies is dogs. So if you talk to somebody here and say, how are you going to get rabies? You know, they're probably, everybody's thinking about bats um, and raccoons, skunks, the wild animals, because that's where most people are exposed here because we've had a very, very effective vaccination protocol. Now, if you go over to India or Africa, you know, one of the reasons that I travel and I do these spay-neuter campaigns and the rabies campaigns is because when, um, when a child is bit by a stray dog and dies this horrible death, you know, the reaction from the community is get rid of all the stray dogs. And like, understandably so. Um, and so they do what they can. And oftentimes it's, it's not things that they would horrify us here, right? They do like mass poisonings and, and exterminations. And so, but when you're trying to save your community, it makes sense, When you're trying sense, to save your right? community from, from something like that, you know, that that's why we go down that road. And so there are a lot of organizations out there. Mission Rabies um, is one that I can think of with World Vets. We've done these campaigns where you work with the local communities to um, decrease the stray pet population through spay-neuter and, and vaccinate. That's what we did here. And that's why you don't have that many people dying of rabies. But unfortunately, it's also made us all complacent. Right. About about this. And so that that whole story, it was it was awful, you know, and I don't think the failure was so much that they didn't have rabies on their radar earlier. I think if India had come up in the history, it would have bumped up there a lot faster. But I, I do think, you know, one, if you're going to travel internationally, you know, it is incumbent to educate yourself. About what the risks are. About what the risks are. So she got bit and she washed her hands with soap and water. We don't know the whole story, but I would assume had she mentioned to anybody who was around who lived in the community what had happened, they would have known because they live with that every day. Like, go get a vaccine. You can get post-exposure prophylaxis in India very inexpensively um, because Mm -hmm. they deal with it all the time. It's not like here where it's a big, huge Hoop production. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So so it would have been nice if they had thought to volunteer that information. And, you know, we'll never know. But I do think there is also sort of a, a bigger picture issue of women seem to be disproportionately dismissed when you can't find a medical reason for the symptoms. They're like, oh, well, it's, you know. Yeah. And, you know, that's the travesty, right? So initially she's like, she has the pathognomonic signs of, you know, tingling in the extremities and she's told, oh, you have carpal tunnel. Okay, absolutely. Right. Carpal tunnels way more common than you have rabies. So, of course, that makes sense. Um, You know, then her symptoms progress. But, you know, I don't know that it was even looked at as symptom progression, right? Right. When she started having trouble breathing, trouble drinking, trouble, you know, catching her breath, um, acting erratic, like those were thought of as a separate event. And, And of course, if I have someone who's having trouble breathing and doesn't have any medical reason that's popping out at me, that makes sense. You're having a panic attack. You're having anxiety. Like, that all makes sense. I mean, 
What's interesting is it does say that like, you know, after a couple ER visits, she ends up having some abnormal cardiac enzymes. They even did a cardiac catheterization and found nothing. Yeah, I and mean, they were trying by that point. Yeah. Well, but that's what's interesting to me, right? Like at that point, they're like, wait, we've got these abnormal labs. And then we, you know, stick something in your heart to look at it. And your heart is absolutely fine. So they did do enough to keep her at the hospital from what it sounds like and that's when the diagnosis was made because they said wait something's not matching up right you've got all these symptoms we're not finding the answer and that's when someone else dug deeper she was starting to exhibit i think some really pathognomonic signs for rabies obviously trying to bite (laughs) yeah Uh, you know which, which is awful um but it is you know classic and i don't I mean, when's the last time you've ever heard of anything like that outside of a zombie movie? You know, well, like well, that's the in, thing is it's in the psychological disease. Yeah, the difficulty swallowing water, and so finally, someone put two and two together. That the biggest travesty in all of this, to me, is rabies is one of those few situations where a lot of times we talk about things on a spectrum. Things are very black and you know shades of gray in terms of well, you know, your odds of getting of dying go from like 50 to 40 to 30 or whatever rabies is way more black and white than most other things if you get bit and you get post-exposure prophylaxis your survival rate is just about 100 percent. right and if you don't once you start to you know try to bite people once you start to have those neurological signs the death rate is like 100 percent. yeah and that's what's crazy right it makes me think of the other recent oh my uh, God. thing little, of, with poor little baby yeah little kiddo dies of rabies and you know it it really uh it really just uh shone a light to me on the thought process of a lot of folks now which is like well we'll just like wait and see what happens but in rabies you cannot so this kid was what only um a couple years old right he was pretty Um, little yeah that that one six-year-old so he was a six-year-old boy in florida and his dad found a sick bat and put it in a bucket on his porch and told him don't touch the bat which, Which is, of course, go go <laughs> grab it and give it a kiss. Yeah, Right, absolutely. And I, that's what happened. And, you know, when I read the article, it kind of broke my heart. He says, so apparently he put his hand in there and touched it. And he said it only scratched him. So I frantically Googled it real quick. And it says to wash his hands with soap and hot water for five minutes. They knew they should have taken Riker for immediate medical attention, but relented when Riker cried at the thought of getting shots. Yeah. That yeah. breaks my heart. That that's the part. That's the that one breaks my heart. I mean, obviously any death is is sad, but that one is especially tragic because they knew they they had that opportunity and they just talked themselves out of it because they didn't recognize obviously in hindsight. I'm sure that they're like absolutely killing themselves and and you know, drenched with remorse at, at what happened. But it just, it goes to show you, you know, just because we're complacent, just because we don't have to deal with things that often, it, it doesn't mean that these diseases we don't see very much of because we've done such a good job of preventing them cannot have absolutely tragic, tragic consequences. Well, yeah, and that's the thing is, like, you know, it, it's real easy to say with so many other diseases, oh, we'll just... We'll see what happens, you know. Oh, they were exposed to chicken pox and I chose not to vaccinate. Let's see if they get it. 
Right. And, you know, generally chicken pox isn't fatal, although uh, there are some terrible fatalities with things like that, you know. But I think rabies is one of those you don't want to play a game with. Like, you knew you had a sick bat. Bats don't usually uh, go on the ground so that you can pick them up and put them in a bucket. You know, obviously that bat was not at running at 100%. You know that bats can have rabies and you even Googled it. And that is where you say, no, I'm not going to take the risk. I would like for everybody to go home and watch Old Yeller again. <laughs> I don't. I Actually, haven't, watch I, it. I haven't ever watched it because I know how it ends and I know it would freak me out. But like, you know, rabies is no joke. And don't get me wrong, like the vaccine's no joke either. You don't have to get the shots in your stomach like you used to. It's not fun. However... Death isn't fun. Death is super not fun. Especially death from rabies. Death from rabies seems like it would really, really suck. I am required by my job to have a rabies vaccine, and I'm like, let's do it. Thank you. I I was potentially exposed to a rabid dog um, on on one of my trips, and, you know, when, when we were talking about it after, like, thank God I had just gotten the vaccine and you actually helped me out on that because I'm like well shoot nobody knows what to do (laughs) well and that's the thing is like I was like well I don't know the answer but I know someone who does and that's what's great too is like yes most docs we are not well educated in the rabies realm but that's why we have our public health department we have to call the state public health physician and he was so excited because like he gets to exercise that you know part of his brain that never gets questioned about it and you know fortunately i was a very, very happy case because i was super you didn't die protected and i'm still here um we've, we've passed the 18 month mark so yeah <laughs> we're all good we're all good but yeah i mean it's these are things that just because you don't see them every day like you never know when you're going to be the one in a million that it happens to if you see a wild animal acting goofy in a way that wild animals don't normally do like bats don't normally lay down on your front porch okay raccoons don't normally come up and ask for pets you know like do not they don't want to snuggle with you they don't want to snuggle with you and if they do just think they are they're little furry zombies like that is how all of these things start they're luring you in and they're trying to kill you (laughs) rabies is crazy to me like it literally that is one of the things that rabies does it gets into the um the salivary glands right it is transmitted through bites and somehow this crazy brilliant virus has mutated itself so that not only does it know and it doesn't know but you know it's like it knows that it has to be transmitted through saliva so it's like i'm also going to trick the brain into biting it's like it's crazy it's It's like a super smart virus it is and what's what's odd to me is, you know, I was reading that article about the woman and how, you know, everyone's like, yeah, she was like choking on water and trying to bite people. And I hate to admit this, but I did not know that's what hydrophobia looked like, choking, literally choking on water. You know, in med school, we're taught, oh, these are the signs of rabies. And we have a list and hydrophobia is the top, which literally translates into fear of water. Mm-hmm. But clinically, we're not ever taught what that looks like because the odds of us ever running into it in our, you know, in our career are virtually none. 
Like, can you imagine being that doctor who's dealing with this patient and then they're like, oh, by the way, she was bit by a dog in India. Like, when, when all of that your went... pants. Like, all of the team then had to get the post-exposure prophylaxis. Well, and, and it's crazy. Like, I have dealt with patients trying to bite me many times. Never did I think they had rabies. I thought they were assholes. I did not think they had rabies. <laughs> I, <laughs> you know, I try usually to get- they were drunk or high in an ER or they were, you know, incarcerated. I too have often. <laughs> <laughs> I generally do not think my patients are assholes, by the way, just when they're yes. trying to assault me. Well, I mean, you can have that transient reaction. <laughs> Right, exactly. Before you come back to your pizza. And then I put on the spit mask on them and the bite mask and and then we move on and I treat them. God bless medical professionals. You know, like, I understand. I can empathize with my patients at every step of the way because they have no clue what's going on. So it's really easy for me to access that place of compassion. Now, like for the owners, maybe it's more of a struggle. And so when you're dealing with a person and, you know, they're willfully choosing to treat you that way, like it must be really hard to access those reserves. It is. <laughs> it is. Um, yeah. But, it, it, you know, I think the whole point, though, is that like when I think of someone who's trying to bite their physician or their, you know, healthcare team, I'm thinking psychosis. Sure. Like, and that's that's what's key is that's why I can't fault this doctor no, who you missed don't start the boat. With the zebras. You start with the obvious things. Yeah, and it didn't it didn't jump up the list until that very very important point. Of oh, by the way, we out. yeah. Oh, by the way, we were in a foreign country that has rabies endemic in its stray pet population, and that stray pet bit me. Yeah. Oh. Okay, wait. Now you no longer have mental health disease. And now, unfortunately, you're down that really terrible path of rabies. And there's no coming back from that. And so I don't really know. um, Have you done a lot of international travel? Mm, Do you count Mexico and Canada? Okay, okay. So I've gone to enough weird places where... You know, I have to go to the travel clinic because your your primary care physician doesn't have all that information in front of them. And so when you go, I mean, these people that are trained in international health, they've got their CDC list because it's changing from year to year what's, what's a problem, what isn't. Like Zika virus didn't used to be a thing and now it is. Yeah. And so they, they've got their whole long list of um, things that you need to look out for. And I know that if you say you're going to India... There's a long list of things that you need to be prepared for. And and I've been asked yeah. every single time, even from people who don't know what I do. Like, obviously, I'm going there to work with dogs. They're like, oh, well. <laughs> That's a no-brainer. But even yeah. if you're not, they'll, they'll let you know. Like, hey, if you're going to be in an area. So the opportunity was there for this person to be educated. So hopefully, if nothing else comes of it, people just remember don't just sort of trust that you're going to be okay and maybe you're going to have some GI distress. Like there's some gnarly things that Hep can a. happen to you. Hep A. Um, Rabies. Malaria. Oh mm-hmm. my God, I hate that. <laughs> the malaria drugs suck. Yeah. So I um, I took those 
when I was in, in Costa Rica. And, and there's a bunch of different ones and almost all of them have like a side effect of crazy dreams. Yeah. And so <laughs> it, it sucks. So I'm here, I'm in the middle of like the Amazon rainforest. And I hadn't taken this preventive before, so I wasn't prepared for what was going to happen. And I will never forget it. Like, I've never actually, like, tripped on LSD, but (laughs) I imagine if I did, this would be the type of dream I had. It was, like, super intense, and I dreamt I was eating my innards. Wow. Like, that just took it to a whole new level. It it did. And and I woke up like, what the hell was that? Thank God I didn't, like, freak out and run out of the cabin, because then I would have been eaten by a tiger or something well no not in costa rica but they've got the um anacondas and all sorts of other fun things (laughs) that that can kill you and so yeah like but you don't you don't mess around with that stuff we are so spoiled with our healthcare here like there are very few crazy diseases that we have to worry about on a day-to-day basis because of modern medicine like yes. not, you know all those other places have equal access to oregano oil it's not <laughs> right it doesn't seem to be doing a whole lot yeah. when you've got shaga disease yeah and Shikungaya, i think we really fever. need to start talking about you know vaccines and anti-vax on a different uh episode because i i think that foreign countries can really teach us a lot oh my god so my father-in-law does a lot of work with rotary and he was in Ivory Coast. And so he was saying that when they set up their vaccine clinics, like the people there who are very well aware because every day they see people suffering from these vaccine preventable diseases. Like mm-hmm. the word got out months in advance. People had it marked on their calendars. They were lined up Lined hours. up for miles. Yeah, because yeah. they know. Exactly. They're not dumb. Yeah, like, yep. Yeah, they're sick of losing half their family to terrible diseases and watching them suffer. Yeah. Um, So I think the takeaway point, right, is that number one, just because you can buy a plane ticket to a super cool place and leave in a couple days does not mean you should. And you need to go see a doc beforehand. Preparation. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Go, Go to your travel clinic, get the proper vaccinations, and hopefully you can plan a little bit so that your vaccines will take effect um, prior to leaving. People actually really, I was surprised by how often people leave this stuff to the last minute. Mm-hmm. Like if you, if it's a month ahead and you haven't started, you're still way behind the eight ball. Like Absolutely. you want to start as soon as you know. You know, 45 days, I think, is, is considered the idea. Like don't wait. Absolutely, especially if you know someone's got to order a rabies vaccine for you. And you know, they actually had them in stock at the travel clinic, which which was pretty cool. But still, like even if you get it that day, you're not immune the next day. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like you got to give your body a chance to do its work. So you need that like you need the one thing that they give everybody, no matter where you're going, they give you all like the oral rehydration salts because I've never like I've never gone to a travel clinic. It's, well, it, it depends on where you're going, right? If you're going to London, <laughs> they're not gonna they're not gonna be quite so worried. Um, but when you're going somewhere, because they know we are again like so used to having immediate access to care. When I was in Tanzania, I got I got super sick um, in the middle of the safari, and it's like you are three hours from your luggage. And probably five hours from, like, a clinic. 
in 10 hours from a hospital or, or right and who knows yeah. the education level of whomever is staffing that clinic right it varies it varies yeah. but you know the point is that you want it just assume that you're probably going to be on your own more than you're used to yeah because <laughs> when you're when you're going through like they don't let you out of the car like for a good reason, right? You could be eaten by a lion, like literally yeah, eaten. Yeah, that'd be bad news. By a lion. And so I'm just sitting there, I'm holding my stomach, and our driver figures it out. And he's like, oh, honey. Oh, Miss Jessica, I'm going to drive as fast as I can. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, gosh. No guarantees. <laughs> Let me know if you need me to pull over. Well, then you can. Yeah, up. right. I, I know. know. But like, yeah, I mean. <laughs> they don't have a bucket for you in the I, truck. I was astounded at the power of the brain to slow down your intestinal contractions. <laughs> like it was little, like literally just like it's like using Spanx effort on right. my abdomen. Like, oh, Brain's like this is life or death, Jessica. You got you got dial this back. <laughs> oh God! I'll never forget that. <laughs> okay, so takeaway points: one, get your travel vaccines. Yeah. Okay, and two, two, if you're going on a long game drive, don't leave your shit in the cabin. Yeah, like I did. Yeah, bring your first aid kit and bring your <laughs> your rescue meds that you were given before you left. Yeah. The other thing too, I think the takeaway point is when you come back to the United States and you get some funky shit whether it be tingling or confusion or whatever, make sure your friends and family know that you were recently out of country. (laughs) Most importantly. Well, I'm just saying let your friends and family (laughs) know because, you know, at the point that you're salivating and biting, you're really probably not giving the best history. Just so you know, if I try to bite you, it's not an affectionate bite. (laughs) I mean, I felt like I could say that no matter what, that that's not where we're at in our friendship. (laughs) Don't forget to subscribe to our WooCast on iTunes, Google Play, or directly on our website at whatthewoopodcast.com. You can email us at contact at whatthewoopodcast.com or go to our website and fill out the contact form there. We'd love to hear from you. What the Woo is an educational podcast and is not a substitute for professional care and advice. Please seek appropriate medical care for any health care concerns. Opinions expressed are solely those of the doctors and not those of any sponsors or employers. Thanks for listening. See you next time on What the Woo.